Welcome to the Pod Fast Food Cast, a podcast about fast food. I'm Ryan. Oh, and uh, I'm Steven. Hello. Welcome back. We're feeling a little little curious today. Hmm. What's going on here? It's a different it's a different day for us. What are we doing? We're we're back in March Bondness. Part two. Part two. You're welcome for that. Now, if you're just tuning in, and this is your first episode, or you missed one, mm-hmm. I implore you to go back to last week's episode. Yeah. So that you yes. understand the full chronology of March Spunness. Otherwise, this will not make any sense to you. Yep. Yep. You Well, you'll get caught up. In, in no time, I'm sure. No. But, but, yeah. I, I, even the uh, the episode titles are uh, titled part one, part two, mm-hmm. etc., etc., etc. So, yeah, you, you'll probably want to start with part one to get the full breadth of the tournament. But, long story short, French fries. Yes. So, so we're doing a tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Did you yes. want to? Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say. So last week we did McDonald's and Five Guys. Right. One seed versus the eight seed. Yes. And McDonald's advanced to the second round. That's right. Uh, and so this week, uh, we're not going to do the 2-7. We're going to do the, ne- the what would go on to face McDonald's in the second round. Right. So uh, for any of our listeners that are familiar with, say, the NBA, it's, uh, it's set up just like that. So the yeah. winner of the 1-8 matchup is going to play the winner of the 4-5 matchup. Then on the other end, 2-7, which is Arby's Wendy's, will go up against 3-6, Chick-fil-A Raisin Cane's. So today right. we're doing Burger King versus Penn Station. Yes. Let's get right into it. Okay, where do you want to start? Let's start with Burger King, which is technically our four seed, but the four or five, whatever. The designation, yeah. not as important. But our four seed Burger King, they describe them mm-hmm. as yummy shoestring fries Fried to a crisp golden brown, served piping hot with your favorite value meal or as the star of the moment. We had them as the star of the moment. Yes. What's your history with Burger King fries? Because they've gone through some changes over the years. So the internet is a great resource to learn all about the history of fast food items. Mm -hmm. And Burger King's fries have seen three major eras of change. That's right. So uh, now, if you go way back, back in 1998, their fries changed. Now, there's not a great information about this on the internet. People seem to just not remember what they were like before. But they were probably quite a bit thinner than they are now because the change that I remember when I was a wee little lad at the ripe age of nine years old. They changed their fries in a big way. Uh, rising competition, the likes of Five Guys and In-N-Out Burger over on the West Coast. It, it, it pushed Burger King into a place where they wanted to revamp their fries. And so in 2012, they made their fries thicker, crispier, and hotter. So you're saying that you think that the 1998 change got thinner. Is that what you're saying? I would have to imagine. 
Okay. So you're thinking they went from they went from thicker to thinner, and then they went from thinner to thicker is kind of what you're thinking. That Uh, sounds right to me. Notably, so yes, they're they're thicker. They're about as thick as a pencil, is what they claim. Mm -hmm. Uh, They actually contain twenty percent less sodium than they used to. And they're cooked in a trans fat or trans fat free vegetable oil, which is I guess a little unique for the fast food business. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a a a, soda, a not sodium free but sodium lessened option over some other fast food locations, Burger King is the way to go. Interesting. Uh, so my history with this is that uh, I was too young. I'm older than you are, but I was too, I was too young. I don't remember them being changed mm-hmm. in the 90s. Didn't have them before that. But I remember that being a thing. I remember knowing that. I remember like when I was like a kid, like people like saying like, oh, like they changed them at some point. Yeah. And that was mostly mostly accompanied with people shitting on them, right? Mm-hmm. Like of like talking down on Burger King fries, especially as they compared to mcdonald's or arby's or whatever wendy's whatever somebody's favorite was and yeah that that attitude and even talking about that change in the formula i never thought much of the 1998 to 2012 era of burger king fries i i thought that they were pretty weak Mm -hmm. for, for most of that time and yeah, when they went through the second change, the 2012 change, I vaguely remember that as well. Mm-hmm. But I gotta say, I've never been high on Burger King fries, and them changing them all the time has done nothing to move me off of that viewpoint. Yeah, that's fair. So that that's how I've felt about these things over the years. What what did you think once they changed them? Did you? Do you remember them before the change? And if no. so, do you think it was an improvement? No, you don't remember. I, I, I don't really have a recollection of what they were like before. Um, I can say now, if their goal was to make them thicker and crisper, I think that they are a pretty thick, they're definitely a thick fry. And I think that they're pretty crispy. And so it accomplishes that. Now, learning that they're, one of their, their selling points was the, the, the less sodium, I think that's very surprising. Given how salty these are. Yeah. But I think that that is more to do with the way that they're cooked and reducing sodium in that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And less so the fact that they're salted so heavily. Just the salt content itself. Yeah. They're very salty. Like, we talked about this when we did the Whopper and when we did the onion rings. But, like, a lot of the things on their menu are very, very salty. So it kind of fits right at home with all of those. I don't... I think these are fine. I think that these are a great side piece to other Burger King items. Uh, it, it definitely becomes interesting when we're doing the March Spudness and we're eating all of these alone, or we're definitely at least really focusing on them when we do get them. Because, I mean, it puts in a different light, right? Like, usually you want to go to a fast food restaurant and just get fries and nothing else. I mean, it's a side. Yeah. And eating them alone, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a different experience. I think, and we'll get into this with Penn Station as well, but with the Burger King fries, it was a lot worse just on their own to me. Yeah, I think that they are successful at being certifiably Burger King fries. They taste yeah. at home. 
They yes. taste like these taste like the Burger King made them. Yes. And in that way, they are successful. Yeah, I, I, I think you're spot on. And I think it's one of the developments of this tournament. You know, like when we were devising this this bracket and our methodology and things like that, you know, we talked about like, OK, so these should all be eaten both on their own and then like paired with the sauce. Mm-hmm. But you're right. There is more to it than that. Right. Because these are French fries are a side item. There are lunatics out there that go to Burger King and just order fries, I'm sure. But that, that's vegans. not. But, but like, would you just get fries, or would you go for like an alternative or something like Sometimes. that? Like, yeah, you know, it well, depends. Like Burger King, don't they do like the Impossible, stuff, the Impossible yeah. Whopper, and things like that? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Th- that that is definitely um, an option for the vegans out there. So, but but how about but it is definitely outside of our own experience, at least, right? Yeah, and I, and I mean they're they're definitely they're marked under sides, and they're they're meant to be served on the side, in general. Yeah, and how and how it pairs with with other food is is relevant, you know. Like so so yeah. for for this tournament, you know, we're taking these things kind of sans that context. We can provide as much context to it as we can, but yeah, there's always going to be a little bit of a hole in in. Yeah. And, and how we come to these conclusions. Uh, I will say the sauce of choice that we paired with the Burger King fries was, again, ketchup. Mm-hmm. Um, now, don't get too excited that we're only doing ketchup. Right. We will change it up here in this episode as well. I think the ketchup is, is the most obvious option here. They yeah. have a lot of sauces at Burger King, but these are these are pretty standard fries, uh, thick cut. I think that they're, I mean, they're made for a ketchup. Zesty sauce is kind of their main sauce, but that's mm. usually to pair with their onion rings. So we talked about yeah. that in the onion rings episode. Yes. But yeah, like yeah, like, it's funny that the first three have been ketchup, but also that's what fries go go with, right? It's so, pretty typical, yeah. So some of these places will have unique ones. We talked about that a little bit last time, and we'll talk about it again later in this episode. But yeah, for the most part, fries pair with ketchup. I don't know, man. We had these, and I found them to be underwhelming, too salty, and. I, I I can give or take the extra potato of it all. Yeah, I found it to be kind of. It felt dry after a while of eating yeah. them, especially eating them alone. I think that you would kind of get away from that if you were mixing it up. But just eating it, yeah, it's a lot of potato. And even if even with the ketchup, even with you know all that, it, it dried my mouth out quite a bit. Yeah, a little underwhelming, all in all, I would say. Yeah. Okay, do you want to hop over to the Penn Station side of things? Let's. Okay. For a quick overview of what this restaurant is, if you haven't been there. Yeah, good idea. I mean, it's right It's right in their header. It's East Coast Subs. So they make sub sandwiches, hot and cold. Uh, they have a lot of options. They've got great cookies. They've got great lemonade. And sandwiches here are the classics, so... yes. You know, your BLT, your, they do, they, I think, I think probably, probably their most identifiable sandwich, their, their main sandwich is probably their Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, they'll do chicken parm, you know, that one's really good. Pizza. Yeah. Things like that. 
and, Italian. And they're, and they're pretty yeah. they're pretty standard looking sandwiches. They're not they're nothing like crazy. They're not like overflowing or anything. Yeah, they're pretty normal. And I would say they do both uh both both hot or cold subs. But I would say they're probably more well known for their hot subs. Yeah, wouldn't you say? Sure. Like yeah. they're they're sweet of chicken parm reuben philly cheese steak that seems like kind of their main but but they'll they'll do if you just want cold cuts or whatever mm-hmm. ham sandwich turkey sandwich that sort of thing they'll do it but their main side is their french fries yes a little unique for a sub place yeah yes and, and i think and i think that fits in with the they're more of a hot sub place because yeah. like that pairs a little bit easier to me it's a little bit like that fried food with that hot sub, it's, you know, they're not trying to pitch themselves like Subway does, right? Yes. So these are hand-cut Idaho potatoes, flash-fried in cholesterol-free peanut oil. So that immediately brings to mind for me five guys from last week. Yeah, it's the return of the peanut oil. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? To just tie it right into to that last statement, these felt like a like a lesser than knockoff ish equivalent of Five Guys to me. They're in that same ballpark of that hand cut, that classic. Like we when I I said this last week of just um like that's kind of how people make homemade fries. Like that's one of like the yeah. classic go to ways that people do that. These feel like they're playing in in similar water, but uh, just not as good. It's not as good. They don't quite have the same balance that that Five Guy has between just getting just getting the ratios right between mm-hmm. between potato, between salt, between crispiness versus kind of like your floppier fries. You know what I mean? Like all that balance. Like Five Guys seems so consistent and even. And Penn Station just kind of has that balance off to me. Uh, what did you think? So, I I think it's you know it's similar in make as Five Guys, but I find them it misses on a lot of the big fronts for me. These aren't that crispy. They're they're kind they kind of get soggy, you know, and they and they don't feel they don't have the same oomph that Five Guys fries have to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not as salty for sure. One thing that I I want to note is that Five Guys has a pretty consistent outer texture. Uh, and at Penn Station, a lot of your fries are going to have a lot of like the potato skin on there, you know, which which creates a different texture and a different flavor uh, that you might be more into or you might not. They remind me a lot of like fries that you would get at like the fair. Something like that. Oh, they'll give you like a, a heap in a little basket. I was thinking even like a bar. Yeah, these also are very potatoey, and definitely yep. eating them alone dried my mouth out quite a bit. Yeah, same problem with both of these. Yeah, which you know, you would assume you would get often with the potatoes, but like last week, I didn't think I didn't have that problem at all. Mm. So I, I think it's worth noting. No, I didn't either. And then eating these as as the main was also weird for these. I love to put these on my sub. I usually get like probably like the chicken parm and I'll put these on and it just adds a little something. Um, but now that I'm really thinking about it, I don't know how much that adds. I think I just like their stuff sandwiches. That's a weird combination that you just said. Yeah. 
chicken parm plus fries is not one I've heard of. When I think of like putting fries on a sandwich, <laughs> that's usually on like a cold cuts type of sandwich. Well, I, I, I also do it on weird. the club, but the club is usually hot and toasted and everything's hot. Yeah. Anyways, I don't think these really stood on their own. Well, and so, okay. So I think to tie into what you were saying about like them on their own, the thing that did bring these back up for me yeah. is, is that we paired these with vinegar, which is Penn Station style. They'll give you vinegar packets. You can drizzle and drop all over your French fries. That elevates them on their own for me. That is kind of what helped. So I, I'm now kind of struggling with this of mm. I don't want to how much credit do I want to give the paired sauce in the any sauce of these important. rounds? It is important. So I like I, I am having yeah. a hard time of like, what do we do with that? Like the last round. It was null and void because it was ketchup. It was for both of them, so yeah. it wasn't. It, well, well, it wasn't null and void well, because it's so it, important. It's how it how pairs with it, if how they interact. Yeah. That that's true. But uh, last week they both worked well, right? Yes. So effectively, it was a wash. This time, on the other hand, like Burger King's fries with ketchup, like sure, like it's it's fine. It's like it's nothing extraordinary. With Penn Station, I do feel like it elevates them, and it did work a little bit better for me as a standalone thing, like you were saying. Mm. It didn't knock my socks off or anything. You know, we mentioned last time that um, we we haven't been getting these, like, fresh at the restaurant each time. Yeah. So, like, some of these we've gotten delivered, some of them we've brought home and stuff like that. So, that was another detriment. I feel like that was... That hit these two a lot harder than last time because we talked about that with McDonald's where McDonald's fries hold pretty well compared to their competition. Yeah. Both of these fries were hindered by that. And I think that that definitely came up in the eating it on its own, mouth drying out, too much potato, and they're not cold, but like room temp and slightly above. So all in all, as a standalone, these these left some to be desired, but I do think that the vinegar helped. I think that the vinegar helped, but I, I feel like eating them completely alone, even with the vinegar, I feel like that even added more to the to the general mouth dryness. I feel like that even that, not even pairing it, you know, on putting it on the sandwich like I was talking about, but eating it alongside something. Yeah. And not exclusively putting in the, you know, the vinegar soaked french fries yeah. in your mouth changes it a lot. But I think is interesting. I usually really like the, the vinegar on the french fries, but I, I feel like eating it alone. I still liked it, but probably just not as much as, I, as, I, as I'm used to. I feel you on that. I think I think just yeah. where I'm coming from for it was in contrast to Burger King, it felt mm. like it was giving me something interesting. Like that's true. It was at least giving me like a different thing, and there was um some heterogeneity where each bite was a little different, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you would pick up a fry and it didn't really have very much vinegar on it. Sometimes you would pick up one that had more, some with a medium yeah. amount. So you would you would get a different thing going on in each bite that I felt like was lacking um, for yeah. me elsewhere. So. I, yeah, just all in all, man, this is a this is a this is a weak matchup. I I feel it is. 
now let's uh let's pump the energy back up. Yeah, do you know it wasn't a, a weak matchup? Purdue versus FDU. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Farley Dickinson. I don't know. I don't know what that was. I don't know who. I don't know who those teams are. I don't know what any of that really means. So to catch everybody up, yeah, last go week, ahead. Go ahead. Didn't let me know. <laughs> last week, Ryan predicted that the Purdue Boilermakers, headlined by Zach Eady, the number one seed in their uh, section of March Madness, Ryan predicted that they would win the NCAA championship, and instead they became the second one seed in the eighty-plus year history of March Madness to lose to a sixteen seed, and they lost to Farley Dickinson university no. the farley dickinson knights the dick knights I, I said all that stuff but what w- what i think went over people's head was that i was not focused on ncaa tournament success for for my young man zach Eady. Mm-hmm. that was pure that is pure nba talent and if you address the box score here you'll see that he shot seven or ten from the free throw stripe who's winning mvp this year in the in the nba a very Nikola, tall man Nikola, Nikola could, Jokic. no a different, very tall man that shoots a lot of free throws. It makes yeah. you think, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah, but, that translate very well into NBA talent? Yeah, but Joel Embiid shoots like 85% <laughs> on free throws, not Well, he 70%. shoots 70% in one game, but you know. No, Zach Eady, over his career, has shot 70% on free throws. Is that true? Yes, 70.2. Well, that's college, and I'm pretty sure the, the free throw line is farther away in college. Or nope. like, no, he shoots less of them because the one and the one and done or the one and one. He's not Anyways. a one and done. No, no the one and the no, one. No, I and know, one. I know, <laughs> but you said one and done, which is a different thing. I knew what you meant, but uh, uh, FTU did not even win their own conference championship. They lost is, to a team, which is worse for Purdue. <laughs> they lost to a team. That couldn't. That wasn't actually eligible because they were a D two team last year, so they couldn't be in the tournament. Yeah. Uh the the coach of FDU was a D two coach last year. Their best player played for him at the Division two school last year, which is the only reason he could transfer to this Division one yeah. school. That's insane. Of the like three hundred and fifty plus teams in the NCAA, Purdue was the number one tallest team in the country, and Farley Dickinson was the number three hundred and fifty, the literally last place. They were the shortest team in the country. Literally, David versus yeah. Goliath. Yeah, and then they kind of just ran all over them. They outplayed them. Yeah, big time. Ah, it was, it was a tough, it was tough to watch the Purdue players, their, their perimeter players and their guards watching them just turn down three pointers and were just scared to shoot against a 16 seed. It was, that was tough. That's tough. You know, what happens to the, to the absolute best and greatest of us. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, well, we right, well, a lot of teams lost, okay? <laughs> oh, what the, the so this is, I mentioned this is the second time that the one seed lost to a 16 seed. Mm-hmm. The last time that happened was in 2018 when Virginia lost to UMBC. The very yeah. next year, Virginia came back and won the national championship. That is true. 
Now they also they got a pretty bad loss this year to Furman. Yeah. Uh, so after the worst play I think I've ever seen in a basketball game. Horrendous. And it was the opening of the tournament. So if you listened last week, I predicted Virginia to make it to the championship and I had them losing to Houston. But yeah, in the opening game of the tournament, uh either the opener or the second open or the second game, mm-hmm. uh Virginia versus Furman, a Furman win, sixty eight sixty seven, where a Virginia player on the last play of the game yeeted the ball <laughs> down the court, threw it directly to Furman. Furman went up and shot a three-pointer and won. <laughs> it's a great shot, though. You can make fun of the, the the little idiot in the corner all you want, but it's a great it, shot still. It was, it was an open shot is what it was. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's hard to make those. I didn't say it wasn't clutch. I just said that was just, a, <laughs> that was just an open-ass shot that they got. Yeah, so our brackets didn't do great. I would say mine, the East and the West sections mm-hmm. are looking pretty good. Mine are pretty clean. Yeah. In terms of the Sweet 16, I was I was very close. My West is perfect. Uh, I only missed one game in the entire of the Western section. I had... Uh, I had I had a uh, uh, Boise State upsetting Northwestern, and that did not happen. But everything else is perfect. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about mine. I had Purdue beating Kansas in the national championship. Ooh, and Purdue lost, and then Kansas lost to to Arkansas or to Art Kansas to Art Kansas, um, which was pretty like it was really embarrassing actually. I predicted that one. And they won seventy two seventy one close game. They ju- they just lost to them in football, and all the people from Kansas were like, "We played your game, now play ours." <laughs> and then they lost that one. They lost that one too. <laughs> and that's funny because while like I get what they mean in that Kansas is definitely a basketball school, I feel like that doesn't cut the other way. Like you guys no. lost to Arkansas in football. <laughs> like I think Arkansas was a good football team this year, but like. I don't. I feel like historically they're like fine. Like yeah. they're, not, it's they're not, not. They're not one of the the top every year perennial contender teams. Right. Like the, the like Kansas's football equal would be like mm-hmm. Alabama or Clemson yeah. or Ohio State. It wouldn't be Arkansas. <laughs> Arkansas. <laughs> so that's a that's a that's another tough loss. Yeah. So. You know, and and this is kind of I'm I'm looking at it. I'm thinking, you know, I I took I, this, this is all else. This wasn't your year. No. Brian, do you know what next year's March Madness is going to have? Hmm. Bronny. That's true. Bronny. Hopefully. I mean, hopefully you don't know. Bronny James. That would be disappointing if he didn't make it to the tournament. He's gotta. The last time uh, a really like top prospect didn't make it to the to make it didn't make it to March Madness, that was like Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz. Ooh. Markel Fultz, who's come up on this podcast before. That's true. He played on one <laughs> I of. I think we talked about Simmons in that episode. <laughs> yeah, Markel Fultz had one of the, like the worst college basketball seasons from a team perspective of any number one pick like ever. <laughs> Markel Fultz update since the last time that we talked about him. 
last year. <laughs> he's awesome now. He is. He's awesome now. He's been rolling ever since we talked about him. I think that we we helped. <laughs> you probably heard it and was like, I got to do for these guys. For the guys. For the fellas. No, that's a real basketball player. Let me look that up. When did that podcast air? That had to have been like our third or fourth episode. It had been like it was. It was Chick Fil A before. It was before the season started for sure, right? It was. It was Chick Fil A. That one aired August. Uh, August twenty twenty two. Yeah, so that one was before the season. Yeah, as the season has progressed, he has really turned it on. He's been turning in highlight plays like every other mm-hmm. game. He's flying around. He's putting up big numbers. He's exciting. Still can't shoot. Yeah, I, he's still a limited player. Which is a, a fascinating story. Yeah. Point guards that I, can't I, I, shoot I, usually have a hard time. I think that even that becomes more interesting as he becomes a more, you know, he's, he's being put into more situations. He's playing a lot more. Uh, and better. And still, forgot how to shoot. Yeah, I'll be curious how things develop for the Orlando Magic because, you know, they have they have two great players: Paolo Boncaro, Franz Wagner. Mm. Two great players, and I'll be curious to see how their guard situation ends up developing. If they, for instance, get lucky in the draft and perhaps get a Scoot Henderson or something. Yeah. Would they look to move Markel Fultz to maybe a win-now team that could use a defensive two-way pass-first guard like Markel? That Definitely could. could. Yeah. I feel like in like 10 years, that's the exact kind of guy that Milwaukee would want. Drew Holiday replacement. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. when they when they need their new P.J. Tucker, Jay Crowder, when they give up 18 second-round picks in the year 2032. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Like maybe like a yeah. year or two from now, like after the magic, maybe they get a star guard. Maybe mm. you see them look to trademark Elfolds to a team exactly like the Bucks. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like yeah. he would be the perfect like like next guy for them, like their yeah. their third or fourth guy. Yeah. Uh, this is this is a pro Fultz podcast. Oh, for sure. He he uh he put the he put the Chick Fil A sauce on the chicken sandwich. Huh? And a true a real innovator. A real innovator. He proves to to non shooters around the world that you can make it to the NBA. If you put your mind to it. And eat Chick Fil A. Yeah. Hey, Rye, what kind of rating were you thinking of giving the Burger King French fries? <sighs> All right. So it's a little tough. I kind of wish we. I kind of wish we can go back in time and start doing half ratings, but I'm never. I'm not gonna do that now. Do it. I dare you. No, I don't want to. Do it. No, these would. I'm telling you that they would get a two and a half. Okay. I'm gonna round up. Okay. I'm gonna give them a three. A three spots out of five. I don't know. I I, I can't. I, no, this is this is tough. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? I think that I like them with other things, but I I think that's clouding my judgment too much. Because eating them on their own, they were boring. 
and not that great. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm really teetering between two and three. You know, I'm scrolling around on the Burger King website right now, and I'm seeing that yeah. they do both cheesy fries and cheesy loaded fries. Oh, man. I used to get the cheesy bacon, the Baconator loaded French fries from Wendy's, which aren't going to be talked about in this in, in this tournament. Uh-huh. Uh, but those were kind of insane. Those would give me the worst stomachache, and I, <laughs> I would get them a lot. <laughs> Um, I'm going to create our average rating, uh, and turn that into a two and a half by giving the oh, Burger that's, King that's fries perfect. two spuds out of five. Um, if you're on Burger King's website and you go to sides, I think that there's kind of a funny little picture, uh, at the bottom where it's got like chicken fries and fries and onion rings, uh, and then moth applesauce and it's a little... A little JPEG of like a cup of Mott's applesauce. I think that's funny. Uh huh. Yes, I like that. It looks very tiny. <laughs> it is. It's not to scale with the other pictures. <laughs> What's your favorite side on this list that we're looking at right here? That's about the toughest question I think you've ever asked me. Because I'm eyeballing these spicy chicken fries, which I have not had, which I'm thinking, oh, well, that needs to be a podcast review. Oh my god, I hope that's not limited. Yeah, you're kind of right. I, I I haven't seen those before. I didn't know those were a thing. I didn't either. I want them. Well, it says they're new. Uh, oh, it, we it, might be doing a detour. <laughs> it's going to be, oh my god, Bart spun this, but it's not spuds. It's chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's a close race between the, the, the classic chicken fries and the onion rings. Hmm. I'm going with the onion rings. That's that's a great pick. We gave that a pretty high rating, if I remember correctly. We did. I hope I gave it a five because I'm, I'm like thinking about it, and that's a five. <laughs> All right, and so two out of five for me, three out of five for you, Spuds. That is for the Burger King fries. What do you think about Penn Station? Yeah, I don't know. I I feel kind of similarly. It's a it's a little tough. On their own. I don't know. I I didn't enjoy eating these that much. I didn't care for either of these that much either. I'm also a little more torn on these. Like Burger King, I was jumping right to that two and I felt pretty good about that. These, I'm like torn between a two versus a three. And uh, the reason why I was goading you on about the half star was because it, this is the one that I want to give a half star ah, to. I, see. I, could, I could go two and a half on these. It's tough. I'll say this. I think I'm tipping my hand a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think you might be tipping your hand as well. <laughs> you know, want to know what we should maybe think about doing for the next couple of these? Hmm. Should we... Do mm, I kind of like doing the rating before the pick, but I could see the argument for the pick before the rating. I could see it both ways. I kind of like the rating before the pick. Me too. And especially because I feel like sometimes the pick isn't going to exactly line up with the rating. Yeah. I think that that's interesting. I'm going to say this. I know that I tipped my hand about which one I give the edge by saying I'm thinking about giving that a two and a half. Yeah. I'm just going to say I'm going to give it a two. I did not think either of these were very good. And so I'm going to give both a two. two. Yeah, I, I almost found these ones kind of hard to get through. And, and, and 
to do the math for the viewers at home, I'm giving mm-hmm. two spuds out of five. You're giving two spuds out of five as well. My slight edge would go to Penn Station. Your slight, your your one star, your one spud edge goes yeah. to Burger King. I'm totally fine with Burger King moving on. If you feel more strongly about that than I do about the edge that I give Penn Station, I think I do. It's tough to think about these on their own, and I I think I, I worry that that's what's given Burger King the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am thinking of when we got these, I was able to put down my Burger King fries pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, these I, I did not want to finish. Fair enough. Fair by enough. By the end of it. And I think that's kind of what... That's what's making my final decision a little easier. It's official. Burger King is moving on. Wow. Another great... Another great victory for the for the American fast food industry. <laughs> the Young, young Brands keeps winning this tournament. I don't understand. Well, the bit Yeah, the big dogs have moved on. So... Next round will be McDonald's versus Burger King. So the two Ooh. Titans, Coke wow. versus Pepsi. That's a that's a that's a classic game. That's gonna be on prime time. Duke versus UNC. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I feel good about that one. These were close for me. I I I I'll still say this. I'll still say this. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a weak round. I didn't hate either of these. I know that you said that the Penn Station no. ones brought you up, you close to the edge of like, I don't want to finish them. I did not dislike straight up either of these. I thought they were weak entries, but I did not think they were terrible. I think they're definitely weak solo entries. Uh, and I think the Penn Station getting the large may have been a little bit of overkill. Yeah, yeah. And you know, that that's a great shareable. You know, you get a, you get a group together, you get a bunch of subs, you get a, a Penn Station fry. That works, and that's definitely not bad at all. But the solo nature is what was kind of bringing me down on these. But they're they're good fries. Mm-hmm. Not two, a two out of five is nothing to be ashamed of. Not not to me, not at all. I, I that's yeah below below average, but still not like you can do worse than Burger yeah. King and Penn Station, in my opinion. All right, all right. I, I'm glad that we're getting some variety in this tournament. Like we're seeing yeah. the full spectrum. We're using the full scale here. Yeah. So what's next? So what's next is Arby's v. Wendy's, our two versus seven matchup. Oh, my. That's some big dogs. That's some big dogs. So that'll be Arby's, you know, standard. I'm sorry. Wendy's standard fries, which they recently redid. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that we've mentioned that on the show before when we've done Wendy's. So we'll, we'll review those. Uh, and th- those will be paired with ketchup as a yeah. standard. But then Arby's, we're going curly fries with mm-hmm. cheese. Of course. That's how you got to do it. That's how you got to do it. So that'll be next week. Uh, this episode, we're recording this a little earlier, but this will go up on Thursday. This will line up with the start of the Sweet 16 section of march madness yes very festive of our podcast to be tied into this basketball tourney we're tapped right in right in finger on the pulse uh right let's uh do you want to go through the sweet 16 would you want to make some predictions listen man i I will but the last time i made predictions on this podcast it went as bad it went quite literally as bad as it could go yeah 
which is why I think this will be really fun. All right, you got Alabama versus San Diego State. Uh, I I originally I had I got this one right. I'm a beast. And I said San Diego State's winning this one. Upset alert! Upset. All right, I'll take Alabama just for the flip side. I uh, we've got I had Virginia winning that one originally. Sorry, but yeah, I was oh, completely yeah. wrong. We've got Creighton 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 versus Princeton. Creighton. Uh, now this one is really tough for me because Creighton's got a little Blue Jay in their logo, and I think it's sick. But it's Princeton's cute. awesome. I'm picking Princeton. I'm picking Princeton because Princeton—that's that's a cool team. Princeton, Princeton all the way. We're picking Princeton to win the whole thing. All right, let's go to the Midwest. We got Houston v Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to get some points. I'm trying to get be correct here. I'm picking Houston. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So I had Houston. I had Houston winning the whole thing. Yeah, I'm sticking yeah. with Houston. Uh, Xavier v Texas. I I originally had uh, Iowa State v Texas, and I picked Iowa State. I'm picking Texas. Okay. I had Iowa State versus Texas A&M. Uh, I had Texas losing to Texas A&M, who did not even make it to that matchup. Uh, yeah. And I had Texas losing because, like, they've had a tumultuous season where their coach got fired and all sorts of things went on. Uh, I'll pick Xavier just to mix things up. <laughs> I'm picking Texas because way back in the day, there used to be Texas uh, player edition colorways of Kevin Durant's Nike signature shoe. And I thought those were awesome. Pretty cool. Kevin Durant's alma mater. Tristan Thompson's alma mater. Oh, wow. Uh, next, over in the East, we have FAU versus Tennessee. Florida Atlantic. Uh, I'm picking Tennessee here. I had them losing to Purdue originally. That's not going to happen. So so I had Tennessee in my final four, so I've had them moving along this whole way, and I'm sticking with Tennessee. That was a good win over Duke. Yes. Uh, next up, we got Kansas State v. Michigan State. Uh, and I've, I've had a change of heart after the games that I've seen. I originally had Kansas. I had this one right, but I had Kansas State winning. I, I don't care anymore. I changed my mind. I want Michigan State to win this one. Okay. Yeah, I also I had this one. Out. I also had this one predicted, and I had Michigan State winning. Uh, so sticking with that, Michigan State. Uh, and then finally, in the West, we have Arkansas v. UConn. Mm-hmm. I'm going UConn. Yeah. So as I mentioned as well, I had this whole section pretty much uh, mm-hmm. predicted correctly up to this point. I had UConn as well. UConn, let's go. And the last game. Ooh, the, out of this round, I don't know when these are airing. This, this is this is the big one. This is this is probably the most uh, the 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 two best teams that are playing each other in this whole uh, Sweet Sixteen. The fun one. Gonzaga, the Zags versus UCLA, the Bruins. I'm picking UCLA. I have UCLA in my Final Four. I think they're going to be really strong. I think they could win the whole thing. I'm also picking UCLA. Yeah. Lonzo well, Ball is an alma mater. That's right. Yeah. 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 Rick Barry, I think. Googling that one. Nope. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> University of Miami. <laughs> nope. <laughs> LSU. <laughs> yeah, it's the same shit. 
Uh, I was right about that earlier one that I was saying, but uh, no, that one, uh, no, not Rick Barry. Whoops. All right. <laughs> awesome. Basketball. Now, if I get those all right, I'm pretty sure I win. I think I win March Sputnik. I think I get to win. If you get all of those correct, Ryan, uh-huh. then you can then you can open up our one through eight bracket or add your own name to the <laughs> to, to the bracket, and you can just pick the winner. All right, I'm pretty sure I, th- that just makes me right about brackets, so I could just do every bracket we do from now on. Yeah, if just you, pick all of them. If you got all eight of those games <laughs> guessed correctly, then you can just pick the winner of the whole tournament. I'm letting you know now that it can be hand selected by Ryan. You can go back Please. to the last round, undo five guys versus McDonald's, <laughs> and make five guys win. You can 100% do that, or pick Swenson's. Ooh, <laughs> that ought to do it. The end of yeah. the show. Me and Ryan. Ryan and I. Not me and I. And that's not how that. That's, that's, that's not how you say that. Ryan and I would like to thank you all for listening. I would. Thank you. It's been a fun episode. Talking hoops. Talking fries. We'll be back next week with another round of March Spudness. Another edition of the Podfast Foodcast Tournament. We'll see you next time. See ya.